Yeah. Okay. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you can participate in the choir for our Christmas service, practice will start next Sunday after the service. Also a reminder tonight, we are hosting the community Thanksgiving service. So be wonderful to see you all. You all are invited. But if there's nothing else, I'll invite you to take a moment to quiet your hearts and your minds and listen to the prelude and prepare to worship Christ our King. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will, 
walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Almighty and ever-living God, you anointed your beloved Son to be priest and sovereign forever. Grant that all the people of the earth, now divided by the power of sin, may be united by the glorious and gentle rule of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Daniel. 
As I watched, thrones were set in place, and an ancient one took his throne. His clothing was as white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, and its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and flowed out from his presence. A thousand thousands served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood attending him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. As I watched in the night visions, I saw one like a human being coming with the clouds of heaven. And he came to the Ancient One and was presented before him. To him was given dominion and glory and kingship, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away, and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. The word of the Lord. We will now read Psalm 93 responsively. The Lord is king, robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. The Lord has made the world so sure that it cannot be moved. The waters have lifted up, O Lord. The waters have lifted up their voice. The waters have lifted up their pounding waves. Your testimonies are very sure, and holiness befits your house, O Lord forever and forevermore. Our second reading is from Revelation. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty, the word of the Lord.
the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated, and children, I invite you to come forward. All right, I have a really simple question for you this morning, um, but I wonder who's brave and honest enough to answer it. But do you ever kind of fantasize, do you ever imagine that you could be the king of the world, or the queen of the world, right? That you would get to be the boss of everybody, wouldn't that be pretty terrific, right? That you get to be the boss. Right, at school, you get to tell the class what to do. At home, you get to decide the rules. And everybody has to listen to you. Wouldn't that be great? What's something you would do if you were king or queen? What if you were the boss and everyone had to listen to you? What would you do? Is anyone brave enough to answer that? Be a teacher? Sure. Yeah, then you would, you would get to decide what you do in school if you were the teacher. If you were the boss, would you make your brothers or sisters clean your room? Make them do your chores? Right? Make them give you things? Would you do that? No? Or would you all be nice and kind and gentle? No, I think, I, no, of course not. If we were the boss and we could tell people what to do, gosh, we would make it about us, wouldn't we? It would be all about us, right? We'd get to order people around and they could do our chores and we wouldn't have to worry about anything. We could do our schoolwork, do our homework, whatever, because we're the boss, right? But the gospel tells us that, well, we're not the boss, right? That, in fact, Jesus is the boss. And so today... It's called Christ the King Sunday. And we celebrate the fact that Christ is King. Now here's the good news, believe it or not. The good news is that actually your brother and your sister aren't the boss, right? But the good news also is that you're not the boss, right? The good news is that Jesus is the boss. And the reason that is, is because Jesus deeply cares about you. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly the kind of life you should live. He knows exactly how to form you into the person God has created you to be. And it's good news that Christ is king. Right? The other thing about Christ being king is that he's not a selfish king. Right? If we were to be kings, like I said, we would order people to do our chores. Right? We would relax all day. I'm not going to do math homework. Somebody else can do that. 
right? It would all be all about us. But Jesus is king. And Jesus doesn't make it all about himself. Instead, he tries to share everything with all of creation. All that's good, all that gives life, all that brings joy, Christ offers to us. And so on Christ the King Sunday, we celebrate that, that we have the most good and most perfect king who's looking out for us and who's loving us. Let's pray. Lord, we know that you are king. Help us to listen to your voice. Trust in your power. And tell others of your goodness. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, the Feast of Christ the King is really meant to be a day that looks forward to the coming eternal reign of Christ. The time when all knees will bend at the name above every name, Jesus Christ. That's why the feast falls on the very last day of the church calendar. We're reminded that the church's future, the church's one hope, is that Christ is king. But we don't want to make the mistake of believing that Christ is not king right now. Right? He's not like some King Arthur. Right? If you remember the myth on King Arthur's tomb, there's an inscription that says, the once and future king, the one who has reigned and the one who will come again to reign again. No, what we say is that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the once, the present, and the future king. And Christ is reigning now. Christ's kingdom is present now. And the understanding of that present kingdom is at the center of our gospel this morning. Pilate wants to know if Jesus believes himself to be a king. For Pilate, the interrogation, the whole trial, it's simply is somewhat of a curiosity. right? It's an unserious spectacle to him. Pilate talks to Jesus like a child, or worse, like a mental case. Right? How could this man be led up to the governor's headquarters in chains, claim to be a king. Right? Jesus is just an oddity. He's no serious threat. And so sarcastically, Pilate asks Jesus if he is the king of the Jews. But in Pilate's sarcasm, the real truth is revealed to us. Jesus is the king of the Jews, but not the Jews only, all of humanity and all of creation. Jesus says to Pilate, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Right? And we notice that Jesus says, my kingdom is. Right? He does not say my kingdom was or my kingdom will be, but my kingdom is. Christ's kingdom is a present and current reality. And this is why throughout the Gospels, Jesus says the kingdom is at hand. At hand means it's near you, right? It literally means to be in front of your face. In this kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, as it's used in Matthew, it's a phrase that's used well over a hundred times in the New Testament. But there's something presently important that Christ is bringing to us that he has called his kingdom. In our gospel, he says that this kingdom is not from this world. In other words, its origins are not from this world. 
He says that having a different origin means that it does not look like the kingdoms of this world. Look. These kingdoms use force and violence to accomplish their goals. Right? And so we know that the kingdom is not a physical domain. There are no geographic boundaries to the kingdom of Christ, like there was a Roman Empire or a United Kingdom or a state of Ohio or whatever. The kingdom of God is not about geography. Instead, there's a long understanding in the church to understand that Christ himself is the kingdom. Christ is king and Christ is kingdom. In fact, the early church had a word for this, that Christ was the autobasileia. This means that Christ is the self-kingdom. Christ in his very presence and his very being establishes the kingdom of God. That is to say, wherever Christ is, there can be no higher power. Wherever Christ is, all other forces are subject to him. Where Christ is, God unquestionably reigns above all else. So throughout the Gospels, we see people and things fall subject to the true king. Sinners repent and they reunite with God. Illness is cast away. Demons are sent away in judgment. The dead are raised. Lies are corrected. Sins are forgiven because the kingdom was at hand. Christ reigns. Christ is truly in control. Christ is in control. And that is where our faith has to intersect our confessions. Because we're asked right now to believe that God's kingdom is here. God's kingdom is at hand. And that's a difficult leap to take. We believe that though it is yet not apparent and everything external in this world, that in fact, Christ is in control. The hymn, This is My Father's World, speaks to this. You'll remember the verses, This is my Father's world, oh let me never forget, that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world, why should my heart be sad? The Lord is king, let the heavens ring, God reigns, let the earth be glad. Though the wrong seems off so strong in this world, we confess that Christ is still king. Christ is king. Though everything seems so wrong in this world. Just as Christ was king as he stood before Pilate, when he was crowned with a crown of thorns on the cross, there's no circumstance in our lives, there's no circumstance in this world in which Christ is not king. And yet we resist the idea that the kingdom looks like a geographic kingdom. Right? In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is within you. In other words, Christ himself is in you, and he is with you. And because wherever Christ is, there's the kingdom. And so if Christ is in you, you are in his kingdom. And the kingdom of God is an internal kingdom that reaches out into the external world. The kingdom becomes apparent in our faith that Christ is with us. The kingdom becomes visible when we forgive those who trespass against us. It becomes seen when we love our neighbors. The kingdom takes on tangible form when we live in hope in a world that has so much wrong. The kingdom shines like a city on a hill when we receive the forgiveness of our sins and when we live in this world like a new creation 
the feast of Christ the King. It's not an old celebration as far as church holy days goes. The feast actually began in 1925 under the direction of Pope Pius XI. And it wasn't even really celebrated in Lutheran churches until about 1970. But in 1925, the Pope established this day really in the wake of the destruction of the First World War. So many Christians had been asked to kill other Christians. A whole generation of men suffered through the consequences of that war. Right? Millions of families lived with the grief of losing husbands and fathers, sons, brothers to a war that accomplished nearly nothing. And so this feast was brought to the church to be a recovery of hope. Hope. Because though nations might war against nations, though the world might become more secular, more split, more divisive, it would always be true that Christ is king within us. And it's always going to be true that history, no matter what happens, is going to culminate in all tongues confessing that Jesus is Lord. Christ is king. This is a statement of hope for you. Because if Christ is king, there's no greater power that can claim your life. If Christ is king, then you're not subject to sin, to death, to the devil. You're subject to the giver of life and to the giver of all good gifts. But if Christ is king, then he has a claim over your life. Then he has a claim over how you spend your days. Right? Does your public life tell the world that Christ is king? Do you live honestly? Do you live hopefully? Do you live out your vocations, whether in work or in relationships, in such a way that tells the world Christ is presently reigning, that Christ is king? If you confess Christ is king and you're awful to your spouse or your children, your mother, your father, you're awful to your neighbors, and everyone sees this, then your life does not align with that confession. Do you act in private like Christ is king? Do you make decisions knowing that Christ has a claim over you, your body, your soul, your whole life? As Christ tells us, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to his voice. And so we listen to him and we place our hope in him. He does have a claim over our whole lives, our bodies and souls. But he has a claim as the king who has died for us. His kingdom is not from this world, which means he does not rule over us like a king from this world. Christ does not seek to make you a subject, to make you a slave, to make you miserable, to limit you. Instead, he is the king who has made you his brother, his sister, and he is the king who wants to give you all good things that he has. And so let Christ rule in your hearts. Let Christ rule your whole life and witness to the world that hopeful message that Christ is King. Amen.
stand and confess our faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and Son, who with the Father and Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Let us pray with the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, you have revealed through created things destined for destruction a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. In these latter days, set the hearts of your baptized children on what lasts and help us to be a people who truly wait with anticipation for the glorious appearing of Christ the King. Lord, in your mercy. Ancient of days, you know the secrets of our hearts. Give us genuine repentance and faith that we may live ever mindful of your day of judgment, knowing that you alone can keep us from stumbling and present us blameless before the presence of your glory with great joy. Lord, in your mercy. Give strength, boldness, and endurance to all the ministers of your church that they may faithfully proclaim the kingdom of God. Lord, in your mercy. Omnipotent one, your son is truly the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Remember in your mercy our President Joseph and our Congress and all who bear office in our land. Give them wisdom to know what is right, the courage to follow it, and the integrity to do so in honor. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Jesus, you ministered to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove the fears that attack, attack them. Strengthen those who are engaged in the work of recovery. And to those who care for them, give honesty, understanding, and persevering love. Lord, in your mercy, comfort and heal all those who suffer in mind, body, or spirit, especially Jim, Carla, Kara, Chuck, Nancy, Maddox, Tom, Troy, Donald, Ray, Amanda, Dwight, John, 
Deb, Marilyn, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, Carolyn, and Jane. Give them hope and comfort in their troubles, knowing that you are the true King. Lord, in your mercy. Receive our praise for the faithful lives of the saints who have preceded us in death. With all of your saints who followed Christ their King and now rest in his goodness, bring us to the day of our resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Rejoicing in hope, we lift our prayers to you, most gracious Lord, trusting that you have received them in your care. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. I invite you to share signs of peace with one another. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care. 
and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending We give you thanks, Father, through Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, whom you sent in this end of ages to save and redeem us and to proclaim to us your will. He is your word, inseparable from you, through whom you created all things and in whom you take delight. He is your word, sent from heaven to a virgin's womb. He there took on our nature and our lot and was shown forth as your Son, born of the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin Mary. He, our Lord Jesus, fulfilled all your will and won for you a holy people. He stretched out his hands in suffering in order to free from suffering those who trust you. He is the one who handed over to a death he freely accepted in order to destroy death, to break the bonds of the evil one, to crush hell underfoot, to give light to the righteous, to establish his covenant, and to show forth the resurrection taking bread and giving thanks to you, said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup, he gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering then his death and resurrection, we take this bread and cup, giving you thanks that you have made us worthy to stand before you and to serve you as your priestly people. Send your spirit upon these gifts of your church. Gather into one all who share this bread and wine. Fill us with your Holy Spirit to establish our faith and truth that we may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ, through whom all glory and honor are yours, Almighty Father, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen taste and see that the lord is good thanks be to god
congregation. I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. peace, serve the Lord.